meaningful work is that's the quest for me is finding a way to always create meaningful work and that's what i'm always kind of hunting for as a designer you are now listening to we are crayons the podcast conversations with trinidad and tobago's creative thinkers and makers we'll delve into their processes their struggles and what drives them to execute continually as creative individuals i'm your host danu mcnichol do enjoy. And today we have none other than Christoph Peer. Christoph, welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you, man. It's an honor to be here. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm feeling amazed that I even got this opportunity. So thanks, man. Thanks for having me. <laughs> no problem at all. You've been doing some, some wonderful work. And I think that you have a lot of experience. And I think that your experience would be great to share with somebody out there. This is outside of my comfort zone. You know, we, we sit behind computers as, you know, what creative nudes. Right. And then we drawn out from behind the computer into a space like this. It's like, but I said, I was going to say yes to a lot of stuff. I'm challenging myself to say yes to things. So here I am. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> um, I, I would definitely appreciate it. So Chris, just tell us who you are and what do you do? Okay. So I guess on paper, um, you could call me a graphic designer, um, but I like to more look at myself as a branding engineer because graphic design, you know, somebody gives you a brief and you tune out something good looking. I'm very much in the part of educating the clients, figuring out what their long-term goal is and um, helping them build a brand as opposed to just offering them in return for their brief, offering them something pretty. I try to do way more than that. So, and that will incorporate anything visual from a website to a full-scale billboard to maybe social media, video pieces, whatever it takes to be able to communicate the heart of their brand to whoever their audience is. Right, right. And I want to go back to your history. So who were you as a child? Were you always creative or is that something that you grew into as you got older? Yeah, I would say I was always creative. I didn't know that it, it was necessarily this thing called creativity. But, you know, you got you got this kid in the class who when he draws something, I remember I'm in primary school when you have art class and they used to put the, the best piece of art at the top of the wall. Right. And my art used to be on the top of the wall, like all the time, you know, even sometimes, you know, I used to have to tell teachers like I didn't trace this thing. Right. Like they would think I traced it. Right. 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 Um, <laughs> so that was, I guess, somewhere inside there. I think I'm a grandfather. He used to do amazing portraits. Um, my mom, you know, was all things creative, making crafts, making things. And so I think um, it was it was around. Right. You know, so I didn't really see it as a thing. Right. Until, you know, you, you win competitions or you get your your your, your painting where you draw and put at the top of the wall or whatever. Right. And right. So I think as a child, I would always like look at stuff and, and, and draw it, but draw it exactly like it looked in almost mathematical levels, mm. which was kind of, I'm guessing looking back at it now, that would be considered strange. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but for me, it was right. normal, right? Right. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> For sure, for sure. So I'm assuming that your parents would have encouraged that creative streak in you. Is 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 that how it went down for you? How did it go? Yeah, but I think it was around a time when um, you know, I, I live I lived in Point Fortin. For those who might be from overseas, that is like a little town in Trinidad that is like an oil town. You know, everybody mm -hmm. around works in oil. Right. Everybody got jobs in oil companies and right. stuff like that. So I think um there wasn't any examples around of people doing this for a living. Right. 
So of course, while encouraging it at the same time, they would probably lean you more to something that could give you a future. Mm. You get your house, get your car and those kinds right. of things. So they weren't necessarily saying, okay, here's a career that could use your creativity. Right. They were more like, okay, draw as much as you want, but in the middle of it, try and find something mm. <laughs> that you can get a good job, job. Right. you know? Because yeah. you yeah. know, creatives, we're always in danger of just ending up nowhere. And I think they being good parents were making sure I didn't just end up floating around the atmosphere with no purpose. So, you know, I think now it's a little bit different. A parent sure, kind of, there's the internet, they could see all these different people doing all these different things. Oh, it's yeah. very easy to place your child. Different, different, different time. I could definitely understand that. So did you do, do art in school as a subject, CXC or... Or whatever. Well, yeah. So secondary school was a bit funny. Um, went off the rails for a bit after form two. I mean, I should have been excelling at art, but I was busy. Um, you know, I guess doing the stuff that the a misguided kid would do. Right. Cutting class right. and that kind of thing. So I had a long gap in the middle of secondary school where there was no creative activity. Mm -hmm. Right. There was nothing. Like I was busy trying to get away from teachers who would probably have been able to spot it. Right. I was doing the opposite right. at that time. So nothing happened in secondary school, right. you know. Okay. <laughs> okay. So what turned that around? Where did you come to the point that, you know, you found yourself and was able to move forward? I think um when you know you hit CXC and you realize I did nothing for five years mm. and you panic right i managed to scramble to get some results some good results because you know i'm, I'm sharp you know what i mean so i could come in at the last minute mm. and regurgitate stuff on paper right. cram or whatever it is and came out with something but right. um you know started studying accounts now basically because my gr highest grade turned out to be math so you know um started doing accounts and was hating it but on the side like i would be doing like um like t-shirt designs for a friend of mine mm. who was who he had a company and he would he would sell t-shirts right and i would do these designs and people would love them so i knew uh, i was having more fun doing that than being in the bank at the time i was right. in the bank and then the bank would hire me to do calligraphy for certificates and right. stuff like <laughs> so there's always like that underlying creative thing happening mm -hmm. where you're getting small money on the side for doing cool stuff but like your main income is coming from either at the time I was coming from republic bank right. and then later it came from trinma but i'm not really actively pursuing any i still don't know i can get paid for this remember in that period of time i still don't know there's a job out there waiting for me. I think the pivotal point, I don't know if I'm jumping ahead no, of no, myself. No, no, that's fine. That's exactly where I want the, you to go. Right. So the pivotal point would probably be you. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> so yeah, interesting story, <laughs> right, right? Okay. So interesting stories that um, I was working with this guy called Jamie Thomas, mm -hmm. right? Jamie was like a super creative, right? We were throwing like cool parties at events, clubs and stuff like that. And I remember one, one day you were finished up a flyer for one of our club events. Right. And I remember, so I'm just standing there. I just came along right. for the ride, right? right? And I'm standing there and I'm looking over his shoulder. He's looking at what you're doing. Right. And I'm looking over his shoulder and I'm thinking like, that looks like so much more fun than what I'm doing <laughs> now, right? And I'm also thinking to myself, but I'm sure I can do it though. Right. Like in the back of my head, something yeah. in the back of my head yeah. says, yeah. But you can do this. Right. 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 And I remember even back there, like you had all the, the, the stuff that we were looking for now, like the minimalistic right. kind yeah. of, yeah, yeah, and it was yeah, like, yeah. This is back in like, I don't know, give away my age, but this is 1990 something, right? <laughs> and I'm like looking at this and I'm thinking, this is so cool, but like, why am I not doing what he's doing? Right. You're probably the first person I saw making money, doing a job that was creative. I don't think I'd ever seen anybody before that. It's crazy. You know? Oh, wow. Okay. I mean, like, <laughs> that's the first time I noticed somebody doing a job like that. that I don't think I'd ever seen graphic design before. Right. And bear in mind, I'm in my 20s. And up to that point, this the first time I'm seeing a graphic designer is like 20. Mm. That's how bad it was back then. Yeah. 
you know, kids kids playing around oh, yeah. doing Instagram oh, yeah. images at like oh, yeah. 12. Yeah, coding at <laughs> yeah. seven, eight. You, you see what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's the thing. I don't even know that they know what a good time it is. Like True. they could download that app and make beautiful images and explore their creativity. Yep. So recently I was speaking to some young people at SBCS, the graphic design class at the time. And I was saying that, you know, you guys in such an amazing position, you know, you could literally stay at home on your phone. You know, a big multinational corporation could call you to produce content for them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If True. you're if you're amazing, if you're hot. Like I literally know a friend that that happened to. I mean, you could be producing content for any big company in Trinidad mm. and being paid for it before you even leave school with no training. If you're if you're read if you've honed your craft and you've put time into it, somebody will notice you and say, "Oh, come and film a video for me," mm-hmm. or "Come and produce some content for me," mm-hmm. or "Come and take do some photography for me." At like eighteen, right? You know, I don't think there's ever been a time no. when that could happen. Yeah, this is yeah. it's amazing. If you feel like you want to do art, like start grinding now. Mm-hmm. You know, that doesn't mean ignore school, but make sure and take it seriously because like you can get the career before the career before you knew it was a career you could literally be earning money <laughs> you know what i mean you wouldn't, wouldn't be like us figuring out mm. things at like 21 24 i started design well, I, mean, I guess but well, that's still a good age to kind of be figure, figuring out because it kind of taking me back to when i decided and i didn't even know if i decided but i got into it because i liked computers Mm. for more or less i mean i can't draw um well everybody could draw but to the level of what back in that time uh you would expect an artist or a graphic artist to be able to be able to do mm-hmm. so even then i shun from calling myself a graphic artist mm. wow. because that artist part was like no that's nothing. that's not me that's not me <laughs> right so i would say i'm a, a designer because i could take things and put it together mm-hmm. and, and and present something that yeah. works Interesting. Right? <laughs> so i went to a graphic design school just by happenstance because okay mother say hey, go, and find go, some, go and find something to do, something to do. <laughs> you finish school you finish secondary school go and find something to do so when they did graphic design didn't finish because it wasn't really doing anything it was just wasting money in, in my opinion got my start with Stephen Dubal who took me under his wing and kind of introduced me into computer graphics that's how I started Wow. Again, I was around the same age, yeah, 19, probably say, yeah, from 17, actually. Because wow. it was like party time, yeah, 17, 18, finding my way. But thank God that part was kind of laid out for me that way. So I didn't have to go and struggle to find it. Right. But then I, I had a struggle now because, you see, now between seeing you and me starting a career, there's this long gap. Right. So I would call that a trigger. Yeah. But Correct. without the internet and without all these different tools Things, and exactly, being from much. more of a small town environment where we only have but one kind of industry. So it was like, you from south. Right, right. Exactly. <laughs> like there's nowhere to, there's like one print tree in the center yeah. of point and they're still doing yellow flyers with yeah. black prints print, or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah. Right. So in my mind now, I'm thinking to myself, okay. I like this, but I still have to go back to the bank and then from the bank to Trinmar. This is me fighting up with accounts now. I always wanted to work in Trinmar, 
because you know this is the holy grail of companies right, right? so you're working to so you're applying and you're applying and you're applying mm-hmm. and then i get the job right right and i get the money right the mo- the, when the salary hits the account and i look at it man nice. being being the guy i was i bought the rims for the car right <laughs> and there was still money left over right i did some other stuff there was money left over went to the friends there was money left over i'm like this is amazing like mm-hmm. But in two months, I was like, I hate this job so much. Right. That's the first time I realized that the whole idea of like, I cannot do stuff for money. That's the first time I clock right. onto that, mm. right? And I think um, somewhere around that time, I did a certified internet webmasters course. Mm-hmm. Like I just picked up and did this course right. for a short period of time. And that's the other part of the funny story now. This guy, Roel Morel, is now teaching this course, right. right? And so that's the second time I encounter somebody who kind of dropped another trigger so we're doing the certified in this one week everybody's doing mcsc and all these things this is the digital revolution now so all these little courses are coming in they're super expensive mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and they're like 10 days mm-hmm. <laughs> you're like so i'm gambling here now to roll out seven thousand plus dollars in 1990 how much right yeah i didn't know what seven thousand dollars was yeah to do a course that's six seven days yeah. and at the end of the course you know we're doing this website royal passes and say you know what everybody out of everybody in this class i think you could do this for a living so i hear that and i'm like that's another trigger right so now now that i go back to my job now i really hate it <laughs> <laughs> right i really hate it now so i'm like so I literally walk off the job in four months. Wow. I literally walk off the job in four months to, to try to become a graphic designer. Right. That's basically how the career starts. But like you looking after you as a trigger and right. role, it could be somewhere like six, seven years inside that window of not knowing what to do. Work in the bank for about three years, mm. move to another company, which was called Microsoft Software Designs. I think it was. They used right. to do software for a credit union. Then I moved to Tobago. I did like night auditor for a hotel job because I always went, I love Tobago. So I moved right. to Tobago, did that. Then came back, got the Petrotrin. So in that space of time, I was just wandering in the nothingness of accounts for somebody else it might be their passion right. but for me it was nothingness yeah. doing acc at that time too so i'm doing professional level qualifications yeah. in something i hate wow. <laughs> right i'm at acc level two i'm touching level three which is the end and i'm like doing this thing and spending pounds to do it yeah so when you left the last job to get into being a designer what was that like for you and how did you navigate that first period before you could settle and say well yes a good i could make it and this is what i'm going to no looking back so something i don't know where i learned it from but something that i did that was really good is that from the time i did the certified internet webmaster i just started making stuff random stuff so like of course no there's no one to hire me but i think i could be creative so i remember i remember building a mercedes-benz website just to see if i could build it Mm. So I download all the pictures of the cars and stuff like that and I build an actual site just for myself, right? right? Which is something now I tell people to do. If nobody will hire, you create anyway, right? Mm -hmm. You don't have to wait for a job to build something. Mm -hmm. But I would just do these random things and I'd make flyers for events that don't exist. Mm. Album covers for artists that don't exist just to keep creative, right? Mm -hmm. When I walked off the job, I went to London to attempt to be a graphic designer. And it was absolutely ridiculous, but I did it anyway. But I, when I landed in London, I got a job in PricewaterhouseCoopers because right, I had accounting qualifications. Right. So I'm like, and I was annoyed because I'm like, this accounting thing has followed me to London. <laughs> I can't believe it. I'm here in the most creative city and here I am in accounts again. So you had like family and stuff? There no, there was this like- guy that, um, you know, a good friend of mine, um, Ronnie McBarnett, 
I knew his brother really well. Mm-hmm. And I knew he wanted a website done. It was like this gospel music website that he was doing up there. He was right on the cusp of everything that was happening with the web and stuff. Right. So I told him I could build a website. So he said, well, I can stay at his house right. and I can build a website. Right. So I'm like, well, good, I have a place <laughs> yeah, to, to go. Stay, right, yeah. right? And then when I went up there, so I did work for him. I worked and I got, did some work for a friend of his own who had some financial thing. I did a website for him. And then, of course, you're coming to a point where you can't just be in somebody's house indefinitely. Right. Right. So then I got a job, which was the Pricewaterhouse job. Mm-hmm. But then now I'm on the side, I'm looking for a graphic design job, but I have zero experience, mm. right? So I remember seeing this advert from this design company. I called them up and said, I don't have experience, but I will work in your company for food. Mm. <laughs> I literally mm-hmm. said that, right? He gave me a brief and I did the brief. And he says, you're not at the level that we would hire, but because of your experience in like bookkeeping accounts, you could come in and do that. So I'm like, okay, at least this is better than being accounts. I'm closer to the dream now. So now I'm inside this design company Mm. doing filing, like real base level jobs. Like it's a small company, like three people. And I'm doing like filing and stuff like that. And I'm working for like five pounds an hour Mm. and five hours a day, which is not enough to get by in London. But I'm I'm surviving. Mm-hmm. But at the same time now, I start making myself indispensable to them. So I mm-hmm. find ways that they have to keep me when this time runs out. So I'm created this filing system for them because you would do jobs, right? You'd burn them to CDs after because there's no storage space was an issue back then. So you'd burn them to CDs. So you have mountains of CDs with your archive jobs. But when a clan comes back and they want an adjustment, you have to go find the CD. So I created an archiving system in Excel where you could like digitally just search for the CD and you know what racket's on and you know what location the actual CD is. Now, I was the architect of their filing system. So from that point- Making a way for yourself. Making a way for myself, right? You're in London, man. There's not Trinidad. No mom and dad to catch you you know you have to do this thing properly so what happened then is that because of the archiving system they'd give me the key once they gave me the key i would just stay till like from like when they leave i'd stay till like almost midnight opening up like photoshop and quark express at the time and opening up layers and closing it and opening layers and closing trying to figure out how they create all these files so i'm doing this every evening that's how i learned design by deconstructing reverse engineering jobs gotcha because i didn't know what the layers did so i'm just turning on layers taking them off turning them turn on layers taking them off so now he realized says, oh, this guy could do some basic things. So right. I start cutting out people. Right. I would set jobs up on this big sheet to go off to the printer. So I do base level, kind of almost design things. And he assigned me somebody to teach me, but the guy just wouldn't teach me. Mm. Just wouldn't. He, was, he used to treat me so badly. He wouldn't teach me. I think maybe looking back at it now, he might have saw something that was a little bit scary. Mm-hmm. But then I would deconstruct all his jobs anyway, because I still have access to this computer. In six months, I, I took his job. Like, mm. <laughs> that's why he what to teach you Chris. the man know what the man know what you're up to yeah six months I took his job um, and then that was my first design job what I pull out from that is you put yourself in a position to reach the goal that you wanted to reach and it's not oh gosh why this one gave me a chance you had to make your own chances yeah you had to like say okay well alright I'll work for food I literally say that like I, that used to be a joke that people say I said those words out loud it's, it's three steps really number one I was creating when there wasn't an opportunity alright and I think a lot of people they're waiting on a job to start creating I was building stuff without a paycheck attached mm-hmm. to it mm-hmm. that's one number two I was willing to put somebody in a tight position to get into a company like literally willing you know you hear about rappers and stuff doing that mm-hmm. startup outside and begging somebody to take their cd i was doing the equivalent of that but in graphic design yep. right and then three i was also putting the hours like mm-hmm. i mean to stay in london mm-hmm. in the cool till like 11 o'clock in the night and then 
try uh-huh. to find transport to get home. I'm not even painting how bad that was because when you walk out of that building and that coal hits you and the trains have stopped working and you have to wait for a bus, it's not funny. Not even, I mean, just taking, just gambling to pick up yourself, go to London and that's in itself a risk. A big chance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? I mm-hmm. can't tell you how many creatives are not willing to take a chance on themselves. Correct. And I find that amazing. If you, if people are, not just you're talented, but people are telling you you're talented and they know what they're talking about and you still won't roll a dice on yourself and you're going back to your engineering job every day and you hate it that doesn't make sense to me can you pinpoint any time within getting to london getting into the craft that you hit a rough period and you was like i don't know boy i don't know if i could continue down this road yeah, I have, I have one. <laughs> it's hilarious, actually. I um, So I'm now in this design company. I'm working for five pounds per hour, five hours a day, mm-hmm. right? Eating biscuits and drinking milk because I heard that milk coats your stomach so you don't feel hungry as quickly. Right. And it's a typical sub story. Even though I had parents I can call because, you know, I'm not from, by any means, I'm not from like a family who can't help me out, right? But I'm like, now I'm refusing to call them. No, I don't want anybody to know that this is flopping. I was looking in classifieds for some way out. So I do like little um, waitering jobs with my boss's mom. She had like this catering company. I do little waitering jobs and stuff with her to make extra money. So I'm looking and there's this company that does DVD packing. Mm. She packed DVDs all night, right? So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take this job. So one day I was speaking to my mom, told my mom that, um, you know, I found this job. I'm going to use it to supplement my income. You do it at night. They bus you to this location, this warehouse. You pack DVDs all night and then you 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 come bus you back in the morning. And she said, um, I think she said to me, if you do that, you will never become a designer. And I was like, okay, let me let me hold off on that. And that's where the whole formula of staying late and deconstructing jobs came from. Like, let me just give this one more like a long shot because what she's saying makes sense. I'd be too tired to do anything but filing. So when I come back in the morning, I'll just be able to file and go home because I have to sleep to do this job through the night. So maybe, maybe she's making sense, but they're now seeing it to say, we'll help you out. But I'm still don't want that help. You know, I came to London on my own. I'm going to do this thing without any help. Right. So I don't take the DVD packing job. And I think that's the best decision that I've made. That, that would have been rock bottom because mm. I never had to worry about food. Right. London was the first time. So that was kind of scary. How would you categorize your success now? There's two ways I categorize success. I'm wired. I'm I'm raised to be an employee. Like, you know, going to get a good job, you study and you get a good job or whatever, right? Um, So on one hand, I categorize it as I can live comfortably off of my craft, right? Which means that my household, Mm -hmm. we could live comfortably. And comfortably for me is I can go on holidays, that's a big thing for me. Mm-hmm. I can go on holidays, I can have a car, and I have a house, right? And I and I can save some money. So I can call that, in my mind, the old school kind of definition of success. Right. But on the other hand is impact. Whose lives am I impacting by my work? Impacting the lives of clients is important. So their life should change as a result of working with me. Right. So whatever they're doing should become better because of my input. That's impact. But then also there's another thing where you work and you impact society, right? So those are the things now that I look at. Something as simple as doing an album for an artist and then the artist goes on to say, man, that store only stopped the album because of how it looked. <laughs> That's big. That I will hold that in my head for the whole year. <laughs> That's like a big deal for me. Those are the things that I kind of hunt for in between to kind of define success, mm-hmm. which is a little bit more nuanced and a little bit more finer than things like money, money. and accolades and stuff like that. Yeah. Meaningful work is what I call it. 
meaningful work is that's the quest for me is finding a way to always create meaningful work and that's what i'm always kind of hunting for as a designer what's your process like do you need to put yourself in a particular frame of mind do you need to have particular things that you do or how do you get started um first first i have to educate myself on what they do right so that's a big part of what i do because usually i'm in involved in i i try to always make it a branding project regardless of what they're asking me for. If they ask me for a flyer, I'm like, yeah, but what's the ultimate goal? <laughs> I'm always thinking bigger. Than, I'm that guy who's always thinking bigger than the client. Like, yeah, but you can do this. You know what I mean? So <laughs> what is it you're trying to accomplish? What the target market is like, what they're consuming. So I'm, I'm always doing that. So my first part is educate myself on what the job is. If you're looking at how I actually work, I bounce a lot of stuff off my wife. She's very, very creative and she has a very, very high expectation of the work I produce. <laughs> you know what I mean? No which pressure. is, no is, yeah, is kind of weird because she's not a designer, <laughs> right? But she has a high expectation. So I was, you know, there's this joke where she has a pitch if she doesn't like something. Yeah. If I show her something and she's like, if I hear that, something's wrong, right? It's good, it's good, it's good. If she goes up there, yeah. it's good, it's good. I'm like, what's wrong? You know? But if she says, yo, she just, boom, she gives me a, a bone. So she's like, prop, prop. You know, she's, I know it's good. So it's like, that's a big part. And sometimes, you know, we'd sketch together. So she draw some ideas, I draw some ideas, a lot of online research. Ideas, just generating ideas, consume a lot of good content. And then, yeah, I, then I start working. I mean, I design in my head a lot. So I'll like take a day and just think about it. I'll do something else. So by the time I get in front of the computer, I kind of know roughly what direction I'm going in. You recently completed your, is it your master's or? No, that was my bachelor's in graphic in, design. In graphic design. After reaching to a level that people recognize your work, you're doing good work, you are requested here and there, what was the impetus for you to go back to school to get your degree after already, I would say, having a level of success? That's a real good question. <laughs> All right, so there's another... <laughs> I have to try and find a short way to answer this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I, I look at it from three angles. One angle is... If I'm trying to be the best I could be at something, why would I avoid education, formal right. education? Okay, formal education. If it's education, available right. to me, gotcha. why would I avoid Void it? Got you. Right? What is the problem there that mm -hmm. would make me not do it? And you answer yourself as things like time and, you know, the apprehension of a whole two and a half years or whatever it is right. and that kind of thing. None of the reasons preventing me are good enough to not do it. And, and so... If I want to be the best I could be, and education is one of the things I can have, why not? Two, by that time, I'd pretty much dropped out of everything. Because mm. I almost finished ACC. Mm -hmm. I, uh, okay. you know, gotcha. and all these different things that I kind of okay. quit okay. along the way. So okay. I wasn't even sure that I could complete something. Yeah. So I had a personal challenge that uh, I had to deal with you. in myself to be like, I can do this. And I could finish this. And I was hanging with a lot of people who were doing PhDs. Like my friends were like super studying. So I'm starting like watching a friend here. He, he said, oh, um, I'm, you know, I want to study. I want to be a doctor. And then suddenly he was back and he was a doctor. I'm like, when did this happen? I had done nothing in that period of time. So I'm like, nah, this is ridiculous. Like it's, it's right there. The other thing is that opportunity. I think I feel like it frees me up to do other things in the future. So let's say I wanted to teach, you know, I wanted to not design, but I just wanted to impart knowledge. Would I be able to do that with zero finished qualifications? Like not anything on my name. 
So those three things working together kind of made me think, oh, why not? And it was like phenomenal. Like it was one of the best decisions I made, like within the last, I would say in the last decade, right. probably one of the best decisions I made. Yeah. How about pet peeves? Pet peeves. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be, I'm going to be a stereotypical designer and bash, bash the clients of it. <laughs> I hope they don't take it personally. They're listening to this podcast. But um, yeah, I mean, like, you know, when you get, when you get that lid put on you at the beginning of a project, you can tell when it's happening. Right right when the there's a resistance to your education mm-hmm. as a designer from the beginning of a project um that's a pet peeve for me because i'm like well i was never good at being a mouse pusher you know that person being subtly guided by a clan just because you know the program you were just the hand on the mouse mm-hmm. that wasn't i was never good at that mm-hmm. so you know when you're trying to make a clan better and you're doing it for their good mm-hmm. and you really know what you're doing and you really research and in the face of that information, they're willing to make another design choice. I find that super scary because I'm like, well, you, you're not even presenting a counter piece of information for me to say, okay, I can see where you're coming from. You just want it somewhere else. That drives me up a wall. <laughs> that is the beginning of the end of that business relation. Right. I can tell I right. no amount of money is going to solve that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I will walk away. Right, 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 right. right. That's my pet peeve. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and it's hard to decipher that sometimes before you're like inside a contract. Yeah. Like, when I figured it out, I was like, oh my goodness, it's too late. Yeah. So you kind of have to get to the next milestone and complete mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. make sure that you complete still with customer, customer service, service, right? Yeah. You because you want to leave them with a good in place. a good place yep. with a good opinion of you in the most ethical way possible. Mm-hmm. You don't want to just roll out in the middle of a contract, which some designers do. Yeah. And it just reflects badly on you as a as a service provider. Yeah. We're still in the service business it's at the end correct. of the day. So right. if you're going to roll out, you roll out on a high, mm-hmm. you know, you give them something that works for them that they're right. happy with. And then be like, find a way to kind of let it go. <laughs> At the end of the day, Chris, what do you want to be remembered for? I want to be seen as a creative who uses creativity to change the lives of the people around him. So basically somebody who did meaningful work, the effect that the work created should be able to be felt without me there. Gotcha. So on that note, we wrap things up. Chris, tell the people where they could find you, your Instagram, website, all of that good stuff. So at, at the moment, I'm really active on Instagram, which unfortunately means that I've ignored my website. I'm going to solve that shortly. But on Instagram, I'm at design by spirit, all one word. On Facebook, I'm at design by spirit and also at design by spirit LTD limited. The website, which will be updated, as I said, soon. It's at designbyspirit.com. I am Christoph Pay, and in a big box of crayons, I'd be extremely black. So huge thank you for Chris for stopping by. We really appreciate it. Please share this episode with someone who would find it valuable. And if you haven't yet, subscribe to the show now on Apple Podcasts to get new episodes as they become available. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. It would help us reach other listeners just like you. Find additional content on abigboxofcrayons.com. Follow us on Instagram at abigboxofcrayons. Until next time, friends, remember, we are all the same and the fact that we'll never be the same. Stay colorful. The We Are Crayons podcast is a production of A Big Box of Crayons, all rights reserved. And thank you for listening.